It's Monday, November 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. And Hoynesy, how, how full are you feeling after that Thanksgiving weekend? Did you eat all the leftovers in the house? Oh, my God. I ate it for three days, Joe. It was unbelievable. <laughs> if, it was I never like... see, if I never see another cranberry again, I'm happy, right? Yeah, it was a cornucopia of uh, turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes. Do, uh, do you carve the bird or do you let somebody else handle those? No, meals? I let my wife do that. She doesn't <laughs> trust me with anything sharp. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, hey, uh, you know, just jumping back into things here on a Monday, we get some, uh, some news today about the, the minor league season and what that's going to look like. It's going to be completely different uh, in, in 2021. But uh, good news for a, a, I guess now former Indians affiliate in Mahoning Valley, uh, the Scrappers are going to have a season. It'll be about 68 games, and it, they'll be part of the new MLB Draft League. Uh, what'd you find out about that? Yeah, Joe, it's, uh, uh, you know, this is part of uh, MLB reorganizing the minor leagues, trying to make it more streamlined. Um, trying to save money. And trying to save money, basically, yeah. And uh <laughs> And uh, so it's uh, it'll be a uh, it's a five-team team right now a five-team league right now. They hope to expand to a six-team. Um, Mahoning Valley State College, uh, the Trenton Thunder, the, the West Virginia Black Bears, and uh, the Williamsport Williamsport Cross Checkers are are the the uh, official members. And um, you know it's affiliated with Major League Baseball. Uh, it'll be built around the MLB draft, which is being moved back to uh, July in 2021 from June. Uh, so, um, you know, these kids will play, be playing, I guess. Uh, you, know, it's, it, I'm, I, you know, it's draft eligible players. I believe it's all college players, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so they'll be able to play. They'll be, you know, they'll be heavily scouted. Uh, they'll be technologically scouted, so teams will, will, will really get a good look at these guys, and uh, you know they can, uh, you know they can play. I guess the first half of the season, the, dra the their All Star break takes place at the All Star break, the MLB All Star break, which will you know include the draft this year, and they can they'll be drafted there, and then perhaps they can keep playing. You know they'll finish that that season, and then. You know, take the take a break and join the big league club. You know, join the, the uh, major league club. Right. In a lot of way, the format sort of makes sense if uh, if you're a, a junior who's going to declare for the draft at the end of the year, anyways, or a senior uh, who's you know developed enough to 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 get looked at uh, by you know major league talent and, and scouts. You'll get an invitation to this this draft league and get assigned to a club. Uh, continuing your your college season sort of there at the beginning, and then the draft happens. You get to come back after that, uh, play for another month, and then uh, and then sort of shut it down so that you don't have some of these uh, overuse injuries and and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, the idea all sounds good. You mentioned technologically scouted, so these these clubs in these parks like Mahoning Valley and, and Trenton, which is a very historic uh, you know uh, organization, they've they've been around for a long time. Uh, also, at Williamsport, hey, the Indians are going to be playing in, in Williams, Williamsport in 2021. So that stadium where they hold the, uh, the Little League Classic every year, uh, that's one of the, the parks where the, the Scrappers are going to be playing. Uh, so it might not be Indians players playing, or future Indians players playing for the Scrappers, but those guys will get a chance to go and, and get a taste at, at Williamsport of 
you know, that, that park where the, the major league, uh, you know, little league classic is, is going to take place. Yeah, Joe, it's, it's really, it's kind of, you know, you know, uh, the, uh, the scrappers have been an affiliate with the Indians since their, you know, origination in, in uh, 1999. Um, and they were a member of the New York Penn League, you know, which has been around forever. And that is no more. You know, the, a lot of the short season Class A rookie Class A leagues are gone. The you know they they also MLB also announced that the Pioneer League has become you know will become an, a partner league with with Major League Baseball today. Uh, they um, you know, but they but they will no longer be affiliated with big league clubs. They're they're, they're Pioneer. You know they are independent teams now. Uh, they'll be you know MLB will help them. Uh, with some original funding, but, uh, and the Appalachian league, you know, la last September, another, you know, rookie league, historic, you know, really a, a rich, uh, rich, uh, baseball in baseball history league, a short season class, a league, uh, that, that in September, that was changed to a, a wood bat league, a college wood bat league for freshmen and, and sophomore college players. Yeah, a lot of changes happening. Uh, you know, the the theme here is yes, they're they're cutting back, they're reducing some franchises and, and organizations, but uh, there will be opportunities there, uh, at least regionally. Like you said, the Pioneer League, uh, those guys will play in a in an independent league, but still have the ability to uh, have their contracts purchased by major league clubs or organizations, and and you know enter their pipeline that way. Uh, the Indians will still have either one or two. Uh, you know, development teams out at Arizona, and then they'll have um, Lynchburg and Lake County in Class A. They'll have Akron in Class AA, and Columbus in uh, AAA. That's the the format there. Yeah, and I thought there was some question about whether you know they would still be affiliated with Lynchburg, but I guess we'll you know they haven't made that announcement official. But as far as we know. You know, those are the, those will be the four, uh, you know, full season minor league clubs. Yeah, Lynchburg's the only one I've never been to to see a game. So I guess uh, I, I, I would, I would be, I'd be disappointed if I didn't get a chance to go out and maybe scout uh, some future Indians down there. But uh, yeah, I've never been to, been to the Lynchburg Park. Have you been to any of the other parks for, for the, the minor league teams? I've been, to, I've been to Columbus and Akron and, uh, you know, in Lake County. I've been, yeah. So I've been to yeah. those three, yeah. All right. Well, uh, one player, one pitcher who, uh, you know, didn't spend any time. I uh, actually actually was familiar with Lake County uh, from his time uh, this year during the uh, the alternates uh, site uh, during the, the 2020 season was Adam Simber. Uh, he was designated for assignment last week at the end of last week. Yeah, the Indians claimed Jordan Humphreys on waivers from the Giants. Uh, he missed the 2018 season with Tommy John surgery on his right elbow. And, and really hasn't pitched above Class A, but uh, he's on the 40-man roster and Simber is not. Yeah, that was, to me, Joe, that was strictly a, a financial move. You know, obviously Simber didn't pitch that well last year, but, um, you know, uh, this was, Simber was eligible for arbitration. He had to be non-tendered. He had to be tendered a contract on Wednesday um, or he became a free agent. So. You know, this was, you know, probably a guy that was going to make maybe 850 right around, a, maybe, you know, just a, a more, just close to a million bucks probably next year. 
so I think that was a move, you know, to cut salary there and, uh, you know, add a guy, like you said, in Humphreys that hadn't pitched above a ball and, uh, you know, really isn't going to make the, you know, big league club. He's going to, you know, probably be in one of the four minor league teams. And uh, it, it's, it, you know, I just wonder, Joe, you know, now they've got six guys that they have to tender contracts uh, to on Wednesday, by Wednesday to, mm-hmm. and uh, Lindor, Hedges, DeShields, Naquin, Maton, and, and Whitgren. And I wonder if they'll, we'll see any kind of other maneuvering like that where one of these, one or two of these guys gets non-tender. I, I, there's a lot of, of, of thought that will have to go into some of this, but I, you got to think a guy like Tyler Naquin probably might get non-tendered. Uh, a, a guy like uh, Nick Wickerin, they, they have to tender. They, they have to keep him in, in, in the fold uh, to, to keep, you know, some sort of consistency in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, Austin Hedges sounds like a, a pretty good question here. His, his salary was around $3 million, I, I believe. And that was based largely in part on uh, yeah. the, um, the the one season he had where he hit 17 home runs. Uh, I, I got to believe he's a, a candidate for a non-tender as well. Yeah, or these guys, you know, sometimes they can make a deal with the take. They can make a deal like in the next couple of days, kind of a take it or leave it deal. You know, if you want this, uh, you know, we'll give it, to, you know, we'll, we'll offer you X amount or we, we're, we, won't non- we won't tender you and you'll become a free agent. And this is kind of a, a scary market for, uh, you know, a lot of borderline players. Uh, you know, I think guys, you know, we saw Josh Tomlin uh, with the Braves, you know, maybe a month ago took a deal right. with, with Braves. He, and so guys like that, you know, the borderline guys, the guys that, you know, are the, you know, the 25th, 20, 25th, 24, 26 guys on the roster. I think they're looking for security. So, I, I would not be surprised if, if something like that doesn't happen, you know, with the hedges or, or, you know, with the Maton, maybe like that, mm-hmm. you know, but I, like, I, but I agree with you. Whitgren, you know, he's been, a, he's been great for two years. Well, I think he's, you got to sign him. Well, they did that. They did that with, you know, I, I think Whitgren might be in line for something like what they did with Danny Otero uh, a couple years ago. They, they didn't give him top money over each year, but they spread that out. And they gave him at least the security of a contract for two seasons. You know, maybe that three million that they, you know, would offer to would have to offer to Hedges. You spread that out over, uh, you know, two seasons and give him one point five each season, something like that. Uh, you know, the the player wins by by having a security of a contract for two years and not have to worry about it. And, and, yeah, if, he out, good... and if and if he out pitches or outperforms it, then you you've won as well as as a team. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe. That's a, that's a, that's a, another strategy. The, the guy I'm wondering about, and I, you know, if you know, Naquin doesn't play center field anymore, but the Shields, I'm wondering, do you do you non-tender him or? But if you non-tender him, who do you got to play center field? We, you know, we know Mercado can play center defensively, but he was terrible at the plate this past season. And that's got to be a worry, you know, and, and you've got Zimmer, I guess, would be the next guy behind him. And, you know, we, you know, to me, I know he had the great spring, spring training too with at the plate, but defensively, Joe, I don't know about you, but I, I just haven't seen the same guy. Hey, you know what? They've shown in the past that they don't care enough about, you know, what goes on in the out there. They'll platoon them. You got Zimmer and Mercado, put them both on and platoon them, you know, in center field 
one plays against righties, one plays against lefties, and whatever they give you in total is is what you're going to get out of that position. I they have not shown me enough sort of interest in signing a, a long-term permanent solution there. They George Springer would be perfect, but that can't happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just can't happen. George Springer's going to make as much as the Indians uh, total payroll in in 2020. That's what he's going to make in 2021. So, uh, yeah, they're not going to go out and sign somebody to play that spot. So, uh, cobble it together with, with Zimmer and Mercado, and, and that's what Tribe fans are going to be disappointed in. Yeah, you know, you're right. And, uh, you know, I, I, you could platoon those two guys in, in center field. And uh, so, yeah, maybe – so maybe they, they don't, uh, you know, offer to Shields a contract. I'm just – you know, I'm just – I would be stu- I would be stunned if they tendered him a contract. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, he's, he was at, what, 2.5 mil? Yeah, he would, he would probably make somewhere around 2 million this year. That's what Yeah, that, there's 2.5 mil for him to – not be able to hit the cutoff with a, a strong <laughs> enough throw from deep center field uh, and, and to crash into the wall five times a year. I, I, I don't see it happening. I, what, what about Maton? I, I liked Maton a lot and, and they like Maton. They like his, uh, you know, the, the spin rate, the spin rate. That's all everybody talks about with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he really developed over the, I, some of the numbers are, are a little skewed because of the 60 yeah. game season. I think, uh, I think if you put him in there and you help, maybe they think of him as somebody in a, you know, a Brian Shaw sort of role, just ride him until he, until his arm falls off. That, that could happen. Yeah. He was, uh, he was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde reliever. He was really, really good for a good, good, uh, you know, stretch of time. And then kind of, like you said, he, you know, with those relievers, if you have two or three bad outings where you get knocked around and you give up, four runs and, you know, an inning and a third that, you know, that screws up your ERA and in a 60 game season, you don't get, you don't really have time to, you know, get it back down and get, get things under control. But I liked him too. He, you know, he, he worked hard. He, he stayed in Goodyear, uh, you know, last, I think he, he was one of those guys that came to Goodyear early, mm-hmm. worked on his velocity. And I, you know, he, and he, I, I think he got, he was pitching in some leverage situations where, he probably maybe wasn't ready for that, but he he's a guy that you definitely, I think, has got to be a guy they keep and keep in that bullpen. Did you see that they uh, they invited, they signed Anthony Ghost to a minor league deal and invited him to spring training. So the uh, the Anthony Ghost project lives on. Uh, the, the left-hander, former outfielder, converted, uh, throws gas, and he will be uh, in camp at least. Uh, see if he can maybe make the uh, the forty man roster. What do you think the chances are? Because they really don't have a lot of lefties out there right now. Yeah, you know they let uh, Oliver Perez go. Uh, he's a free agent. I, I don't know if he'll come back, but you know I you know he's what he's going to be f- close to forty. There's, right? There is not a lot of tread left on those tires. Yeah, man. yeah. And a ghost, you know, like you said, he's thrown he's thrown a hundred miles an hour, but we don't know where it's going, and he doesn't know where it's going. <laughs> So, you know, that's a, a work in progress, but he's, he's no spring chicken either. He's 27, 28, 29 years old. And uh, you, you've got to wonder how long that process takes to, to, to go from, you know, a position player to a, a pitcher. And they will and of have, course we, know, we know they're going to offer Lindor a contract. Well, they're going to offer him one, but they're never going to sign him to one. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, 
you got to offer him a contract to keep him and then sign and then trade him. I, you know, Naquin, Naquin kind of tugs at me. I, I like him so much. I, 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 you know, I don't know, but I just wish he would have a full season where he was healthy, you know? Yeah. And, um, and we, you know, in that 2019, you had, you saw him putting together, you know, finally putting together a good season, like maybe 2016. And then he's crashing into the, the wall and, and bangs up his knees. So, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be a question. And maybe if, even if they let him go, he resigns. So who knows? Right. right. That could happen. I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, he's, he's one of the best interviews post game in, in the clubhouse. Uh, you, you hope that he does well in a game just so you can get a chance to talk to him afterwards uh, for, you know, for any specific reason, but he's, he's funny. He's quick with the one lines and, uh, and, and he's, he's a good teammate, at least, uh, you, you know, you know that just by the way that his, uh, his guys in the locker room react to him. Uh, so be interesting to see what happens with Tyler Naquin on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. As, as far as what happens with Mike Chernoff, uh, we, we got a little clarity over the, the last week or so uh, in terms of his future with the Indians. Uh, Chernoff saying that he will not uh, join the New York Mets, won't be considered as a, a GM candidate there for the Mets. Uh, good news for the Indians all the way around? Yeah, definitely. A good, a good uh, you know, I think this is twice that, that Cherny has, has said no to the Mets. I don't think they'll come back for a third, a third <laughs> time. But it just, it, uh, you know, just in talking to people, and uh, it's just, this is a hard place to leave for, 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 you know, for executives. They're treated well. They're paid well. You know, the, the owners stay out of their way. Uh, they're, they're able to do what they, you know, get paid to do. And, uh, but the only thing is they don't have a lot of capital to work with. And, and that, that is the thing, you know, where, you know, I talked to, to Mike uh, Chernoff and he said, you know, and I said, that's gotta, you know, that's gotta be so tempting that, you know, you could go to New York, you could go to a place where, you know, you, you can spend, spend and spend. But he said, that wasn't always the case that, that, you know, I mean, that was, that was a factor, but, but, um, you know, there's, there's challenges wherever you go. And, you know, obviously in New York's a huge, huge market. There's, there's more, probably more pressure there. Uh, you know, the Mets haven't been great for a while, but, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of pressure to win. You've got a new owner in there that's going to spend. But still, um, it, it was a good move to see Chernoff stay here. Um, I think he's had other opportunities to leave. Uh, but he's, uh, you know, so, so far, you know, he's him and Antonetti, that, that front office group have stayed together. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a really good partnership and a, a good working relationship. Uh, you know, you, you wouldn't get, I don't think, I don't get the feeling uh, with Steve Cohen that uh, you would, you would get the same level of the owners not messing with you uh, if you go to New York there. Uh, I think that would definitely be a yeah, you know, situation. You just don't know. And, you know, and that was a brand new front, you know, they were constructing the front office on the fly. Sandy Alderson was, you know, if you go in there as the director of baseball operations, you know, how much say do you really have? Is, or is Alderson the guy or are you the guy? And, uh, you know, I think Sandy signed like a two-year deal there. So, you knew, you know, I think they, they were trying to bring in a guy like Chernoff, you know, to run the, to run the baseball operations. They found that, uh, you know, teams – would not give them permission or they couldn't get permission or they couldn't get an interview with, with, you know, those kind of, those kind of executives. So now, you know, they're, they're shooting for a, a younger GM type. 
that Alderson can develop and, uh, you know, eventually turn the front office over to him. All right. Well, uh, another thing that's uh, sort of on the agenda over the next week or so, uh, we're going to be talking Hall of Fame ballots, and uh, those are starting to get turned in and uh, starting to get made public. We're, we're following online. Uh, I know you, uh, you mentioned to our subtext to subscribers uh, some of the uh, guys who are you, you are considering uh, filling out on your ballot without, you know, sort of making that public. But, uh, you know, my, my goal by the end of – by the time you turn your ballot in – my goal is to convince you not to put Kurt Schilling on that list, and I have not a, to put Kurt Schilling. <laughs> I have uh, I have a whole argument set up that's going to take an entire podcast. Okay. That's going to be me convincing you that Kurt Schilling does not uh, <laughs> should not get your vote for the Hall of Fame. Now, uh, is that just uh, on the field or off the field? Well, I have a I have both. So okay, I, I mean, on the field, you get you, you can't over. You, can't really deny it, but we'll, we'll get into the conversation later. Okay. Uh, right. We'll look forward to uh, Wednesday getting the announcement from the Indians on uh, the non-tender uh, uh, players, and we'll have a podcast after that uh, just running down each guy and, and who might be out there for the Indians to take a look at as well. Uh, that'll be next time here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Hoynes, good to talk to you. Thanks, Joe.